part of the Press Play Podcast Network. And welcome to another Reg Eye and Rota podcast powered by MGM Northfield Park right here on the Press Play Podcast Network. Flying solo tonight here on the RR podcast. So you've got me for the next 10, 15, 20, 30, whatever. I don't know. Whenever I stop talking, that's when this podcast will end. And I, I want to say thank you to Ty Quartz, our producer, because he'll make it sound good no matter how long or short I go. So thank you, Ty, in advance. And how about those Browns, people, huh? Did you have fun watching this game? I was talking with Ty, our producer, and we were like, yeah, that was like a roller coaster ride at Cedar Point. The ups and downs, the twists and turns, and uh, waiting forever like you were in the line to get on the ride for a while. Then you get on, and it didn't work, and then it worked, and it was just total chaos today uh, as the Browns found a way on the road to beat the Indianapolis Colts 39-38, to and they do so with P.J. Walker engineering a 12-play, 80-yard drive capped off by a one-yard run on fourth and goal from Kareem Hunt to provide the winning margin. I mean, this game had a little bit of every – it had some outstanding defense by the Browns. They came in as the top defense in the NFL. Well, uh, you know, Gardner Minshew at times carved them up pretty good, but at other times, how about Miles Garrett? making a case for not only player of the week in the AFC this week, but he's challenging T.J. Watt maybe for player of the year on defense with what he's doing. All that he did today was record nine tackles, create two quarterback sacks, create two fumbles, uh, let's see, a tackle for a loss. He blocked one pass, batted it down, and, oh, yeah, he leaped over the line of scrimmage and blocked a field goal all by himself today. That was the effort from Miles Garrett today, and I think uh, off his two fumbles, 14 points off the two fumbles, and they needed those points. They needed the defense to be um, aggressive like that in creating four turnovers. Uh, one, two, three. Yeah, four turnovers all, all together. Well, I guess you could say five, and that's why I'm, I'm adding in my head and trying to talk at the same time. I'll count the blocked field goal as a turnover, right? Because they were going to score points and he kept them from scoring. So I'm going to say five total turnovers and Miles Garrett was involved in at least three directly with them. So Miles Garrett doing his thing on defense and uh, thank goodness for, for PJ Walker. Again, he wasn't great. All right. At times he was downright awful. What did he finish today? P.J. Walker coming off the bench, 15 for 32. So he wasn't even 50%. 178 yards, no touchdowns, one interception. He ran for three yards. But forget those numbers. When push came to shove and they needed to score, what were they down? Let's see. It was 38 to 33. They were down. And he leads them down on it. And he made one great throw all game long. And um, let's see, who was that to? I want to make sure. I think it was Elijah Moore down the right sideline on a third down play. And so um, he, he did enough to get the win. And he led them to victory last time uh, he, he played. He started the last game, came off the bench this game, 
And in both games, he's 2-0. and Forget the Sean Watson. Uh, he, well, he threw five balls today, and then he, he got hurt, allegedly. He was awful today to Sean Watson in the time that he was in there. Absolutely horrible. One of five, five yards and an interception. And the Browns are lucky. There were two other interceptions that, thank goodness, replay was available, and uh, they overturned them. But Deshaun Watson coming back from that shoulder injury to make the start, I don't know if the shoulder was bothering him or he just isn't really good right now. He stunk the joint up today. And you hate to see somebody go down with an injury, but that's part of the game. But I can tell you this, whether this is right or wrong, and mostly it's wrong, where I was at today, jerseys on Fulton Road in Canton, Stark County Browns backers, when they said P.J. Walker was coming in the game today, everybody stood up and applauded. They, they, they were done with Deshaun Watson. That's how bad he was playing. I hope he's okay. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that's the right thing to do. You shouldn't applaud somebody getting hurt, but that was the reaction. I'm just relaying the re- reaction to you. And P.J. Walker, and he did it again. He did just enough. They're just getting by, but in this crazy season that is the NFL, doesn't matter how, by how many, just so you win. I've stopped betting on the NFL games. That's it. I'm done. Can't figure it out. Have no idea. Week to week, no clue. Zero clue as to um, who to bet on, over, under, point spread, money lot. I don't know what the hell is going to happen. No, I, how'd the Browns beat San Francisco last week? I don't know. How'd they come back and win today at, at Indianapolis? I don't know, but they did. And that's all that matters, right? Roger Goodell and, and everybody at the NFL offices in New York are loving this. They love parody. They love that every team has a chance every week. The fan bases are going crazy because they think their team can win this week. Buying jerseys and hats and socks and shirts tickets to the games, watching the games from start to finish uh, on TV so they can raise the advertising rates. This is what the NFL wants, and they're getting it. So kudos to Kevin Stefanski. I thought he did a nice job today considering the circumstances. There were mistakes by Stefanski. There were mistakes by the offense and the defense. They gave up two big plays that can't happen. That was kind of a flashback to last year with Woods as the defensive coordinator, but may the Schwartz be with you. Jim Schwartz's defense, five turnovers, I'm calling it, and he had to be happy with that. Had to love it. Had to absolutely love it. So kudos to the Browns for finding a way to win 39-38. And they're 4-2, and two, folks. I'm looking at the schedule right now. Four and two going to Seattle and then coming home to Arizona before getting back into divisional play at Baltimore and then home against Pittsburgh. So Kareem Hunt, two touchdowns today. P.J. Walker off the bench, game-winning drive. Looking at the resident, Jerome Ford. What did he run? 69 yards for a touchdown today, but then he twisted his ankle or something, had to leave the game, did not return. Pierre Strong came in, gave him 
Everybody's contributing. They're, they're using the entire roster on offense and defense and special teams, and we'll get to that here in a second, to get the win. So from an entertainment standpoint, couldn't I mean, that that's as good as it's going to get right there. Not knowing if your team's going to win, you're on the edge of your seat, you're pulling your hair out, biting your nails, doing shots every time they fumble, doing shots every time they kick a field goal or whatever it is, right? You were you were you entertained today or not? You were, weren't you? I mean that that it was a fun game to watch and obviously it feels better because of the way it ended. And how about that? They get penalties that go their way. The Browns never get calls. They never get the benefit of the doubt. They're always right on the other end of that. And they got two questionable calls today late in the game on that final drive. Or this thing could have been a a, a big old crap burger, a big old L, right? But they got the benefit of the doubt. And then they get it first in goal at the one-yard line. And you're thinking, okay, hand off to Kareem Hunt, touchdown, game winner. Pass on first down. Pass on second down. What the hell are you doing, Stefanski? Pass on third down. And it's fourth and goal at the one, and then they run the football. And just like Chip Trainum at Notre Dame for Ohio State, Kareem Hunt at Indianapolis for the Browns, about a half yard is, uh, you know, the difference between winning and losing. Cross the goal line. That's all you have to do. What do you always hear them say? Break the plane of the goal line. And they did. Both cases. Buckeyes win at Notre Dame. Browns win in Indianapolis. And by the way, kudos to the Buckeyes for beating Penn State this week. Again, not pretty, but who cares? 7-0 is 7-0. What did Urban Meyer say? What's the best thing about 7-0? Chance to be 8-0 the next week. And they go to Wisconsin next. So uh, tip of the cap. Because I had my doubts about the Buckeyes, and I still worry about their offense. But their defense, like the Browns' defense, right? Making plays when it matters. Man, this was a crazy game. And I was writing down some notes for the Kenny and JT show. By the way, if you want to tune in, you can. Monday through Friday, 3 to 7, 1480 a.m. If you're in your car driving around Stark County, or if you want to listen online, whbc.com. Or you just ask your smart device to play WHBC, and they will. So it's Monday through Friday, 3 to 7, Kenny and JT Show. And I was writing down my top three candidates for Browns MVP. The first one's a no-brainer. It's Miles Garrett to this point in the season, right? He, he's been a difference maker in a number of games and leading that defense. So he's number one. But how about this? Second in the voting would be Nice job, you effing kicker. How about the move uh, for for Dustin Hopkins? You give up a seventh-round pick to get rid of Cade York, thank God, and bring in Dustin Hopkins. I always want to call him Dustin Hoffman, Tootsie. But no, it's Dustin Hopkins. And the knock on Dustin Hopkins when the Browns traded for him was, hey, 45 yards and in, accurate kicker. Lights out, but he can't make them from over 50 yards. <laughs> okay, I'm looking at the box score right now. 
Dustin Hopkins today for the Browns. First field goal he made today was 44 yards. That was his shortest make of the day. Dustin Hopkins' next field goal, 54 yards. Good. Gave the Browns a 27-21 lead at the half. Third quarter, Dustin Hopkins, 54-yard field goal. Good. And how about Dustin Hopkins in the fourth quarter? A career-long 58-yard field goal. He hit three fitties in one game. Three of them. Three 50-yard field goals in one game. And a career-long 58-yarder. He is now 7-for-7 beyond 50 yards this year. 16-for-18, I believe, overall. Remarkable. MVP candidate number one, Miles Garrett. MVP candidate number two, Dustin Hopkins. MVP candidate number three. You're going to think I'm crazy, but hey, my partner on the Kenny and JT show calls him Kid Dynamite. Not Jimmy Walker, PJ Walker. It's 2-0. Oh. Pick him up off the scrap heap, put him on the practice squad, activate him for the game on Sunday, go play 2-0. Oh. PJ Walker. Those are my top three uh, candidates for MVP for the Browns this year. Miles Garrett won, Dustin Hopkins, the kicker, and uh, practice squad quarterback, P.J. Walker. Oh, boy. That was, a, that was a fun game to watch, man. It really was. Gardner Minshew showing you what he brings, good and bad, right? He can make plays. He's got the hair, right, wearing the bandana, kind of, you know, kind of looked like Snake Plissken, Kurt Russell in Escape from New York. Got that kind of look to him, right? Porn stash, long hair, bandana. And he goes out, he he threw for one in the first half, ran for two more, doing the little, uh, you know, uh, hippie, hippie shake or whatever the hell that, that dance was he was doing. But then what's he do? Fumbles, throws an interception. That you get the good and the bad with Gardner Minshew. And just enough bad for the Browns to cash in and get a victory. Thanks to uh, P.J. Walker and Miles Garrett and Dustin Hopkins today. So as I said earlier, as I'm flying solo today here on the R&R podcast, doesn't matter how, doesn't matter by how many, just get the win. And they did that today. And they did that the last time out too, right? 1917 over San Francisco, started and finished by P.J. Walker, 39-38 today as we tape this on a Sunday over the – Indianapolis Colts, not started by P.J. Walker, but finished by P.J. Walker. And the Browns improved to 4-2. Whew. All right. I'm going to catch my breath right here. We're going to get a little break in right now. Get a drink of water. Come back. We're going to take a look and see what everybody else did in the AFC North and see where the Browns stack up in the AFC North at 4-2 and two. and what's on the horizon not only for the Browns, but for all the teams in the AFC North will do that next here on the RNR podcast on the Press Play Podcast Network, brought to you by MGM Northfield Park, right after this. What's up, everyone? I'm Holly Wetzel. And I'm Tyrus Powell. And we are your hosts of the Orange is Oranger, a Cleveland Browns podcast on the Press Play Podcast Network. We give you all the dog pound coverage that you'll need to get you through the regular season, hopeful postseason, and I'd say off-season, Tyvis, but is there really ever an off-season for this team? Thankfully for our podcast, Holly, 
there really never is when it comes to the Cleveland Browns. Don't miss our breakdown of each week's matchup, game recaps, and any and all news out of Berea to feed your Browns appetite. As we know, Holly, dogs gotta eat. Yes, they do. So hit that subscribe button and never miss an episode of the Orange is Orange Cleveland Browns podcast on the Press Play Podcast Network. Hey, everybody, it's Sam Amico from Cavs on the Break NBA podcast. Be sure to give us a listen for all your Cleveland Cavaliers recaps, analysis, breakdowns, draft talk, free agency. The list goes on and on. Give us a listen. Cavs on the Break NBA podcast. Hey, the Roadman Kenny Rhoda here for the Red Guy and Rhoda podcast. And I want to tell you what's going on out at Northfield Park. Here's what's happening at the center stage and the track starting this week at Northfield Park. Doors will open daily at noon for simulcasting. Got to love that, right? Live racing Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Saturday, and Sunday. $5 match play Thursday, October 26th from 1 p.m. to 2 p.m. And check this out. Friday, October 27th at center stage, 8 p.m. Neil Zaza's One Dark Night, and on Saturday, October 28th, at the center stage, 8 p.m., Great White and Slaughter. Go check all of that out at Northfield Park and tell them Reggae and Rhoda sent you. Looking for new insights on the Cleveland sports scene with a unique side of Cleveland sports history? Then you found the perfect podcast. I'm John Sable. And I'm Scott Sable, and we're hosts of the Sable Brothers on the Baseline podcast, a podcast about Cleveland sports, but not your typical podcast about the land's sports teams. Join us as we embark on a journey of sharing a unique and historical side of Cleveland sports history with the help of some former Cleveland sports stars and other historical figures. All right here on the Sable Brothers on the Baseline podcast, part of the Press Play Podcast Network. And we continue with the Reggae and Rhoda podcast here on the Press Play Podcast Network, powered by MGM Northfield Park. The Roadman Kenny Rhoda flying solo here tonight. Reg will be back with us next week. And uh, I want to take a look at the standings in the AFC North after that exciting 39-38 victory. And it was needed by the Browns to keep pace in the AFC North. Everybody in the division is 500 or better. So that was a very important win for the Browns today uh, as they are now 4-2 and two on the year. And their next game will be Sunday at Seattle. It's a 4:05 kickoff. Seattle won again today. It's always tough going from uh, the East Coast to the West Coast. Ask the 49ers who had to come in reverse order, right? So that's going to be a tough one for the Browns next week. That's why these teams you're supposed to beat, you have to beat them. Uh, for when you face the tougher teams or tougher road trips like this. So 4-2 and two Browns right now on the road at Seattle next week. Leading the AFC North at 5-2, and two, the Baltimore Ravens. They destroyed the Detroit Lions today. I, I Last time it was like 35-6 to six or 38-6 to six or something like that. They annihilated the Lions today. And everybody, you know, Ryan... Uh, you know, high on the Lions and, uh, you know, hey, this look out. They could be a sleeper team in the, the that's why I said earlier in this podcast, I don't know from week to week what the hell is going to happen. I have no idea. So I'm not betting anymore. But Baltimore took care of business uh, against the Lions. They're now five and two. They are at Arizona next week. That's a very winnable game for them. Pittsburgh goes into Los Angeles today, scores 14 fourth quarter points. Beats the Rams 24-17. I, I don't know how they're doing. 
They're, they are offensively challenged. The Steelers, the Browns, and the Buckeyes are all offensively challenged, and yet they're still winning because of their defenses, right? T.J. Watts, the guy that's battling Miles Garrett for a defensive player of the year. But Pittsburgh finds a way to win on the road. They're 4-2. and two. They have a home game next week against the Jaguars. And right now in the division, Pittsburgh's 2-0. and oh. So they technically are ahead of the Browns, even though they have the same record, because head-to-head, they beat the Browns. So Baltimore 5-2 and two in first place by a half game over. Pittsburgh 4-2. and two, Cleveland 4-2. and two, And one and a half games up on Cincinnati. Bengals are 3-3. Three and three. They had a bye week. So next week, Cincinnati coming off the bye goes to San Francisco. Ouch. It's going to be a tough one for Cincinnati. Browns at Seattle. Steelers host the Jaguars. Baltimore on the road at Arizona. And by the way, saw this in the game notes that were emailed to me after the Browns game today. At 4-2, and two, Browns tied for the best start to their season since 1999. In 2020, they were also 4-2. and two. So this is their best start through six games, 4-2, and two, since 1999. And tip of the cap to Kevin Stefanski, to Jim Schwartz, to uh, Bubba Ventrone, special teams. Hey, the coaching moves they made in the offseason are paying dividends, aren't they? Right? Blocked a field goal today. Dustin Hopkins, amazing job. Coverage teams are pretty good, right? Bubba Ventrone, great job on special teams. No doubt, great job by Jim Schwartz. And Stefanski has his good moments and his bad moments. But bottom line, they're only a half game out of first through the first six games. And just a real quick look at the rest of the schedule for the Browns. As we said, at Seattle next Sunday, Arizona at home. Then they go to Baltimore, Pittsburgh at home, at Denver, at Los Angeles Rams. All right, back-to-back road trips there, Mile High City and Hollywood. Then they come home, they got the Jaguars and the Cincinnati Bengals. No, I take that back. It's not Cincinnati, that's Chicago. Then they're at Houston, New York Jets, and then they close it out at Cincinnati. So that's the remaining schedule for the Browns. Will Deshaun Watson be back next week? Don't know. Have no idea. Uh, If I'm Stefanski... I'm having him see a a shoulder specialist and a psychologist because I don't know if it's between the ears or it's his shoulder that, that, uh, you know, is the biggest problem. Not sure. He looked awful today. Maybe he tried to play through the pain and he just doesn't have uh, a high tolerance for pain. I don't know. One of five with an interception before he got hurt today. Wasn't good. And Stefanski said, precautionary, we're keeping him out. He hit his head. Well, yeah. Okay, they can technically say that, but you got to wonder if Stefanski said, no, I don't think uh, he gives us the best chance to win today. And that's why he went with Kid Dynamite. That's my radio partner, JT, calls him, PJ Walker. So that's where we're at through six games for the Browns. They are four and two with a chance to go five and two, but it'll be tough next week on the road at Seattle. And after that game is all uh, said and done, Michael Regai and I will uh, get back together, Reg, with the week off here, and we'll break it down for you right here on the Regai and Rhoda podcast brought to you by MGM Northfield Park here on the Press Play Podcast Network. 
Thanks to our producer, Ty Quartz, who always uh, makes us sound much better than we are. We appreciate that more than you know, Ty. Thanks so much. Thanks to everybody out there for listening. And have a great week, everybody. We'll talk to you next time here on the r r Podcast.